Hello and welcome to Connect FCS Ed, where we talk about family and consumer science education. This podcast is geared towards recruiting, maintaining, and supporting all FCS educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I am here to help boldly celebrate with you families and careers. Welcome back to Connect FCS Ed. Thank you so much for listening and joining us today. Today, I have an amazing guest with me who her name is Chef Luann Wiles, and she teaches over at TriTech Culinary Skills Center based out of the Tri-Cities, Washington in Kennewick, Washington. I've had the amazing experience of meeting her actually this last February, I believe, at a open house where I took my 16-year-old daughter to look at the the pre-veterinary classes offered through TriTech. And that is how this friendship over food and teaching and education was formed. And we've had some amazing experiences. So Luann, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, your summer day, and joining me today. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, well, would you like to give us a, just a background of your profession and your industry experience? Sure. I want to do it really quick. And then I bet there's a lot of people who don't know what a skill center is, and we'll talk about that. So I've been in the industry for decades. I went to culinary school in the early 80s in Everett, Washington. I lived over in the Seattle area. I worked after culinary school. I worked with my chef, who I I really admired. He is the one who inspired me to want to teach. So I worked with him in catering on the side of the culinary arts program that I was in, and I really developed a passion for catering. I worked in restaurants for a few years, and then I became a private chef, and then later went back into catering and eventually started my own catering business and personal chef business. So. And then I decided I wanted to teach, and I really didn't tell anybody about it. I just wrote it in my journal. And the next thing I knew, I got a, in uh, early 2012, I got a call from uh, South Seattle Community College asking if I would like to teach in their community ed program. So I started there, and then uh, again, the job over here found me through an email, would you be interested in teaching culinary arts? And it's a long story, but that's what brought me here in 2012. And I don't think that I knew at the time even that it was high school. So I teach juniors and seniors in high school in a skills center, which I had never heard of before, but now I know that we have several in the state of Washington. Anyway, so do you want to ask me questions so I don't dominate this? <laughs> no, I want you to dominate this because okay. <laughs> it is your, it's your expertise and your knowledge. And so you brought up a very valuable, you know, talking point, and that is a lot of people don't know what a skill center is. Right. So would you like to kind of elaborate a little bit? Sure. And I didn't know. And I had just raised three kids. What an advantage it would have been to have known that there was a skill center. It's an interesting concept. So we, TriTech is located in Kennewick, but our students come in from all of the surrounding cities, even, you know, miles away, Prosser and, and Finley. So students spend half of their day at TriTech and half at their homeschool. We have 23 programs, I believe, at TriTech. And so they're all vocational programs, all taught by teachers who have been in the industry. 
and uh, usually experts in their field. So from dentistry, nursing, radio broadcasting, automotive, diesel, auto body, drones, law enforcement, fire, and culinary arts, lots of programs at TriTech. And so students can come for one to two years. If they start as a junior and they are successful, then they can apply to come back for a second year. And it's really preparing them to be job ready. It's a professional employability building school, so vocational. Yeah, so what sort of certificates do you give your students, you know, of course, who earn that certificate? Right. So uh, in my program, all the programs do offer different certifications. My program is certified by the American Culinary Federation. So the ACF allows me to bring in proctors, chef proctors. They have a written test and a practical test, and they can be a certified fundamental cook through the American Culinary Federation by passing those two exams. And I also offer ServeSafe certification, which is recognized widely as one of the gold standards for safety and sanitation in the restaurant industry. And that's sponsored by the National Restaurant Association. Now, earlier during this COVID-19 you know, spring that we've all, you know, everybody has been impacted by, ServeSafe was offering like free ServeSafe certifications. Did your students like participate in that? Or I guess that's something that I didn't know how to incorporate for myself. That's a really good question. And I saw that that is actually a ServeSafe food handler certification. So you can get that. You can take that online, but they were offering it for free, which is great. But the certification that we have is a food service manager. And so it's, it encompasses so much more than just the, the food handler. So no, my, my students didn't step in on that. And it was the ServeSafe manager program. Food service manager program is, is intense. It is an adult-based certification. And it was, we were supposed to start it right after spring break. And I did attempt to teach it online, but it was very, very, very hard to keep engagement. It's very detail-oriented. So I wouldn't call that part a success this year, unfortunately. But I would tackle it differently next year if, if we encounter the same thing. Ooh, so that you just open up a, a new a new window <laughs> for a conversation <laughs> for going into, you know, COVID-19 fall. In what ways are you thinking of incorporating that? Uh, serve safe? Yeah, in, and or changing, changing it up so you can have that, you know, optimal student engagement. So... I was really scrambling, as many of us were in March when things were shut down. And I think that I think that we were in shock. And I don't think that we had a good game plan. And you know, we weren't all on the same page. So knowing what I know now, SurfSafe would be is going to be difficult to teach online, but it can it can happen. How will I do it differently? Just like this. I will have synchronized meetings with the students where they can see my face. We didn't have that in the beginning of our shutdown. We weren't allowed to to use Zoom or so we had no face-to-face with the students and you have to have that to get engagement, I think. So how will I make it different? 
I already have lots of things in place that I use for ServeSafe. It just was difficult to implement it. I have games and Zooms and, you know, things that we review and try and make it fun. But at that time, I didn't know how to do a Zoom distance learning. So I've learned a lot since then. (laughs) Yeah, I think for most of us, we've all learned some new tips, tricks and strategies on you know, for Zoom to either do synchronous uh, learning or asynchronous learning. So there's a lot of, you know, new techniques. And and also for us as teachers that, you know, we're going to be held to a much higher standard uh, going into this fall. So, you know, a lot of things to look forward to. And, you know, always got to keep an open mind and and be willing to learn. So that the culinary arts industry itself, I have always called it a, a, MacGyver, a MacGyver industry. You're always, things are always changing and you have to adapt. And being adaptable is one of the qualities of this industry. And so I feel like I have adapted and I am adapting and I'm learning, which I appreciate doing. I just need to make it engaging for hands-on learners. So my students are very hands-on learners and, you know, it's possible we won't be able to be in the kitchen together. And so I have to work with some strategies that I can make that situation visible to them. So I'm working on videos that are step-by-step with instruction and I will probably do some live demos, which is I did this summer when I was able to use Zoom. So I'll do live demonstrations and I'm hoping to be able to get packages of ingredients out to my students so that they can, if we can't be in the kitchen together, they can practice along with me at home and video themselves and, and or photograph themselves. So we're just going to, we're going to do the best we can to, to make it work. Absolutely. So you lead into a very, uh, you know, you're doing something really cool that I was able to just kind of be on the sidelines with you before the spring ended. And that was your YouTube. You have been creating YouTube videos of demonstrating different techniques and also doing synchronous learning with your students by using YouTube who are on with you at the same time. It was it was incredible to be a part of. So what are you doing? Are you gearing up to do the same thing going into this fall? Absolutely. So I have over the years, this is, this will be my ninth year. I'll be starting my ninth year doing this. And over the years, I've looked for videos online and there's a lot of bunk, you know, technique videos and, and things that you don't want the students to learn the wrong way. Once they develop the you know, the, the knowledge base, they'll be able to recognize that themselves. So I can't just pull in other people's videos. And so, yeah, I have had to learn to edit video and that has been more challenging to me than anything. And, and really, I think what has challenged me the most is I don't come across well verbally when I'm multitasking with many cameras. So I, I would set up my kitchen here at home with three different cameras coming in with the angles. And then I would try and edit that and splice it together. And my voice was, you know, as I would stumble over words, you know, uh, 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 hand and, (laughs) and it didn't come across well. So, so I've had to learn to, I don't know if you've ever heard of food wishes with uh, chef John, have you ever heard of that? 
No, oh, I haven't. You would love it. Okay. So he, he is a graduate of, uh, he's got a YouTube channel, but he's also got a blog with videos every day almost he posts. But he's a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. And when he, after he graduated, I don't know his complete story, but he developed this system of videoing, teaching, like he makes a recipe. He does, you know, from start to finish, but his editing style is that he voiceovers. So he videos only his hands. You never are seeing his face. It's only his hands and the food. And so I would use those videos in my classroom often because they were so, such a good instructional model. So I'm actually using his method so that I'm not stammering. So then I can make a, a, a script for myself and voice over after I've spliced the videos together. So I don't have too many up on the YouTube yet because this is really for next year that are for this fall that I'm, I'm going to be getting that content up there. Yeah, but well, still you are, you're paving the way and you're going to have to teach me. So <laughs> be happy to. Yeah. You know, It'll be great to, not like I think I know everything. We're all learning all the time, but getting the right technique, I mean, that's my responsibility as a teacher and as being a teacher certified by the American Culinary Federation, it's my responsibility to teach a proper technique. And so we do come at things from uh, the classical French techniques in cooking. And so I try and adhere to those, even though I do believe that I posted on, if I can just sidestep for a second, I posted, we have a Tritech Culinary Instagram site and we post what we're doing there. And I had taught Hollandaise when I was teaching the mother sauces. I had taught Hollandaise and I teach the classic method of hand whisking to make that emulsion. But I also stepped forward and did a sous vide method that Chef Steps had put out where you drop everything down in the bag in the sous vide water bath, and then you throw that all in the blender and you hit the blender and it's actually uses whole butter, not clarified butter. And, and, uh, anyway, it was, it was a beautiful Hollandaise. And I said something like a Scoffier, the, the father of modern French cuisine is probably rolling over in his grave. And somebody, a chef on online said, I think a Scoffier would grow with the times and use the technology that we have now to change. So that, that was really good input from somebody. So I, I do teach the classic, but I also try and make it as real as I can for home kitchens now. Absolutely. And that's, it's our responsibility to teach that. Yeah. What has been your favorite, I guess, subject or content or technique? What has been your favorite, you know, teaching your students? And what has also been the, I guess, the student favorite? You know, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to say eggs. And so egg cookery is in, you know, in, in chefdom. The story is that the big, tall chef hats, however many pleats were in it, was how many ways you could cook eggs. And the mark of a chef is, you know, how well they can cook eggs. So that we do a, a large annual breakfast every year at TriTech, about 175 people that my students cater and it's usually this year it was February 14th, but end of January and then into early February, somewhere in there we do it. And all the counselors from all of our feed schools, professionals in the industries that we teach at TriTech come for that breakfast. So the first year they, you know, the director came and, and said, you know, this is a big deal. I said, okay, all right. 
And he, he said, so, you know, we want you to really, you know, showcase your program through the catering this. And I said, how about if we make omelets to order? And he said, can you do that? And I'm like, sure, why not? Yeah. And then he was concerned because they have to get through the, the food lines pretty quickly. And he thought, how long does it take to make an omelet? And I said, you know, not long, but I'll, I'll time them and we'll, we'll see. Anyway, so ever since that first year, my students, a select few who want to get to do that face-to-face customer you know, interaction. And it's just a great opportunity for them to learn that customer service level where you're making eye contact and engaging. You're not just performing the act of making the omelet. But teaching students who may go into another industry, completely teaching them about using a, an inexpensive source of protein to feed themselves maybe in college or, or whatever. There's so many ways and things that we can do with eggs. And so we use the whole month of January just really exploring eggs. That's probably my favorite. That is really neat. And yeah, just it's so important that customer service, that contact, but you know, they're learning, you know, employability, professionalism, and customer service. You know, yeah. there's that's leadership. Yeah. That's everything that we, you know, as a CTE class, we're incorporating. So yeah. that's amazing. In my classroom, we only focus on eggs, you know, for a week, I wanna say. That's not enough, but for, you know, for foods and nutrition, whatever we're doing, we have to get through a lot in a short amount of time. Now, how long are your classes? So the students attend for two and a half hours. I have one session in the morning and those students uh, arrive at TriTech. They, they are picked up at their home school by Kennewick school district buses. And then they're brought in there, there for two and a half hours. And that includes you know, they, they have to uniform up. So that takes a little bit of time to uniform up, uniform down, opening up the kitchen and closing the kitchen. So we have a, a good hour of instruction, but the rest of it is kind of transitional. We start in the classroom and, and typically go into the kitchen every day unless we're doing something like serve safe. So, and then I have another group that comes in the afternoon for two and a half hours and they have spent their morning at their home school. So. Oh, very neat. And this is just a shameless plug for something that we both, <laughs> you know, created together, which I think it's completely different. You know, it's different for us. Maybe it's not so different across, you know, different states or uh, in other programs. But for us, we created a cross-district PLC, so professional learning community. And we, you and I just at the open house and then going forward with that, we invited our neighboring community schools, you know, of, you know, me being in Pasco School District and Richland School District, Kennewick, Grandview, which is, you know, uh, it's about a good 30, 45 miles away from, you know, us in the, the TC community. And, you know, Prosser, and there's a couple of other school districts from, you know, outside of our realm who were like really interested in wanting to, they're like, hey, if you are doing this again, can you invite us? So I think that is completely different anything else. And, you know, it's moving us forward because it's my program at my high school and all of our neighboring high schools that feed into 
your unique program? Oh gosh, what was it that we made? We well, made so I was just going to say, I'll, I'll interrupt you, yeah. sorry, but, but uh, you're way too humble because you made that happen. You had the vision for that. And I, I mean, I had wanted that to happen for eight years. And when you came in, you're just a, you're a go-getter. And so you organized that, you knew everybody, you did all the, the footwork on that. And all I did was say, come on into my kitchen, what would you like to learn? And so we shared best practices, but then I brought all of the teachers into the kitchen and we did patashu, which is a classic cream puff or the dough to make cream puffs or eclairs out of. And we made, we made the swans, if you remember. So that was unique and challenging. It was challenging for me to teach teachers and I, I enjoyed it thoroughly and was really looking forward to the one we had scheduled in April, but we'll just have to pick it up where we can again. And I think that getting together, those of us who are passionate about what we're teaching these young people, sharing what we know, sharing what works, even if our programs are different, there is still, we always have something to give to each other and the takeaways of best practices. So I, I really enjoyed having you all there. I know we all, I, for me in particular, I loved it. And I took away some amazing new tricks from your classroom and what it is that you do, you know, your employability binder that you have all of your students fill out. You give them a one inch or how big of a binder? So it's a two inch, I th- I, it's more like a two inch binder that I provide for them and their picture is on the front of it. And it's a professional portfolio mm-hmm. that I try and tell the students, I try and get them to engage that it's not just an assignment, even though, you know, they get a technical English credit in the class. So, and that's a lot of where that comes from. They do a professional resume. We teach them how to do a resume, a mission statement, a cover letter, and oh my gosh, there's like 10 components. We do six evidence of best work, which is through photos that they take of their best works and and what they learn. So any artist, whether it's a culinary artist or a musician or whatever industry you're in, you have a professional portfolio and it does show your best work. So it's a project that we work on all year and it culminates with their reflection of learning essay. And uh, I love that binder that, and that was what I was going to be incorporating into since I'm on a trimester schedule. I had only had my students for just a couple of days. But I could tell you, you know, on our third day, right before COVID threw my entire game plan out the door, I told all my students about the binder and I handed out the binder for them. I go, okay, you guys are going to be, I need you to write down your names and we're going to put it on, you know, the edge of the binder. So that way when I'm storing them, they stayed at school at all times. And then um, I made them fill out a, an application. Because, and we did it step by step. You should have heard, I had, I had a senior in there who had just gotten her first job at Dairy Queen. And (laughs) all of a sudden she got, she lit up with excitement because when she first came in, she was like, oh my gosh, it's a, it's a food and nutrition class. I already know this stuff. I already have a job. But then I made it relevant going, we're going to fill out an application because you're walking into my classroom, you're walking into my kitchen, 
this is my job. You want it, you need to earn it. They filled out the application, but this one student in particular was just like, this is legit. I had to just <laughs> fill out an application just like this. This is real. This is handy. And he was <laughs> all over it. And, you know, that excitement because she was realizing like, oh, I am actually teaching her, you know, career ready skills. Right. And that got everybody else hooked on. Oh, that is so cool to hear that. I, I, I love that, that that was it. We also do, we do a, a handwritten and a, an electronic application because there are still places that require handwritten. There's a, for a couple of reasons. I tell my students, they want to see you. They want to see how you're dressed before you're going to get an interview. So when you go pick up an application somewhere, you know, dress appropriately, you know, they want to hear you. Are you a communicator at all? And then in, especially in this industry, I, I have a funny hashtag that I will use often, hashtag cooks can't spell. But, so uh, it's, there's just no reason these days with autocorrect and our ability to look words up, you know, I, you need to communicate clearly in writing because in the kitchen we are writing. There's lists and prep lists and stuff that are done all the time. And, and if you can't, and, and we're always labeling things that go into the walk-in. So I tell my students, there's a, there's a site on Instagram, it's blue tape, blue tape times. And it's all about from everybody sends them in things that are mislabeled in walk-ins across restaurants where things aren't spelled correctly. And so I just tell my students, you could be famous if you, (laughs) so ask me how to spell it or it's on the prep list. Anyway, we try and create an environment that is as real as close to actual industry as we possibly can. No school can do that completely because there's never the real sense of urgency when you have a customer, you know, sitting outside. But twice a year, we do student-led dinners where my advanced students, the second-year students, and and if it was a first year that's uh, pretty advanced, they come up with a multi-course menu and students are put into a brigade situation in the kitchen. And so they do get that sense of urgency with those dinners. But on a day-to-day basis in culinary school, there's just no sense of urgency. So do your students get to eat what it is that they make? So most of the time, unless, so we do run a catering business as well. We try and keep the catering where it's not dominating everything so that we can do the academics that we need to do. So if, if they are making something academically, like I was talking about the omelets when they're practicing those, yes, they eat those. If I do a demonstration for them, yes, they absolutely, because it is about taste, season taste. They each make the mother sauces, all of the mother sauces, and they have to taste those. So it's really about tasting more than, you know, eating. You know, it's not, I, I try and, I, kids are hungry. Teenagers are hungry. So I do try and, and we're a culinary arts program. I want them to be as satisfied, you know, not just smelling, but yeah, tasting and, and understanding how to season things. So yeah, they do. And you brought up a point about talking about the application relevance. So that is our challenge coming into the fall to take what we are doing hands-on and that tasting and seasoning and those very important aspects of being in the kitchen, all of it, 
and making it relevant on the computer. So that is our challenge ahead. No, that really is. How are you planning for the fall? So you know the the old description of Charlie Brown's teacher. You remember that? Wop, wop, wop. Yeah. (laughs) So in order to combat that where my voice is just, it loses its relevance, right? I bring in people from industry. And so even though we'll be doing it online, I'm connected through Sodexo, which is a worldwide corporation. And so I have a chef out of Hudson Valley, New York, who is offering to connect my students with uh, chefs internationally and that can come on and do demonstrations for my students. I'm telling you, when they come on dressed professionally and they've got the, the resume that's impressive and they say it, the students hear it and it becomes more relevant in that way. So I, I try and adopt every pop culture food thing that, is, that will help to make it relevant. I have to stay with the, the current changes in the industry. And right now, that's, that's crazy. Our industry is crazy right now. Yeah, it is. So what are the hashtags on Instagram that you follow? You mean the chefs that I follow? Or, yeah, the chefs. Yeah, the hashtags. <laughs> that's okay. So sometimes I, you, sometimes I go and search hashtags. They're really valuable. And I hashtag our, our posts. But so I've got students who work in New York in Michelin star restaurants. So Chef Daniel Blood, I follow Restaurant Daniel or Eric Repair. They're classical French chefs. And then I, I, I'm not like a, I mean, I nothing against Guy Fieri or anything like that, but that's not, I'm looking for some. So Thomas Keller from the French Laundry in Napa Valley there. And then I, because I'm from Seattle, I know a lot of chefs there. So I follow those chefs on my Facebook and on our Instagram. And every once in a while, I get a student in who's very focused on that kind of social media. And they, they want things posted on our TriTech page to, to draw the followers from. So we follow them, but we want them to follow what we're doing too. And when people learn about what we're doing, they get excited. And that's, that gets my students excited. Well, talk about relevance and yes. incorporating the technology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's big stuff right there. Yeah. 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 So getting that to translate over to this online format, let's high five and hope it, <laughs> you know, go, go in with our best attitude and the passion, you know, that we bring to what we're doing and make it work. It's, I think that in a kitchen, when you work in a, a restaurant kitchen or whether it's catering, you are a team, and I use a lot of examples about safety and the I've got your back. So I use meerkats to teach my kitchen philosophy of I've got your back. So it's not just me and my zone. It's me watching out for you, you watching out for the next person. We're all watching out for each other. How I'm going to translate that to online learning, I don't know, other than I just don't know. We do it, I buy these little, tiny little miniature meerkats. And when I see somebody in the kitchen practicing that best practice of safety, I give them these little meerkats. So it's a big deal that they, you know, that they collect them till the end of the year. I love that. They're teeny, teeny. I buy these little miniature ones over at the Octopus Garden in 
in uh, Richland. And I found them in a few other places. So I just buy them by the, you know, and I've got little meerkats of my own that are about what you described, you know, three inches tall or so. I've had them for years. And so I explained that meerkats are sentries and, you know, that their own only defense is really to have guards that watch out. And so that that's how we need to be in the kitchen is always standing on guard for each other, always thinking about the next person to come along and, and preventing accidents. And yeah, it's anyway, it's so that is probably my biggest, going to be my biggest challenge to try and convey that on, on the computer. Well, I love that, you know, that's creative and innovative. And I just, I, I could see why that would be really important for students, you know, to get that, (laughs) you know, that, you know, that applaud. (laughs) <laughs> or a pleat in a hat for yeah, eggs. It's, it's a sense of pride. Yes. And before I started teaching, I was a catering operations manager over at Renton Technical College. And I had a crew of probably 30 or, or 40. They were on call part-time. So depending on what our catering gigs were, we could have three, four crews. We would do, we could do four weddings in a day just going, crews going off in different, it was very high volume and uh, safety was paramount to me, but I noticed that people didn't come to me having been taught safety in the kitchen. And a safety, as we know now with COVID-19, safety is more than just not getting cut with a knife. It's, it's about food safety and pathogens and just operating on a high level of alertness that things are being done right in the kitchen. So that was really important to me when I came to teach uh, young people. And, and I feel like we've been successful. I'm just hoping I can make that translate now to, to the computer. That online version. No, I absolutely agree. And I think it sounds like you're doing an amazing job just, you know, being forward thinking, but also you're learning from others and you're being open-minded about learning where there are so many who they struggle with, you know, continuing learning. So this is, I, I applaud you and I applaud so many others who are passionate about what they do, but also passionate about their own professional development and learning because, you know, we're better together. Yeah, we are. And I would be lying if I said that I wasn't, hadn't been discouraged. I mean, you know, I was knocked off my, I mean, I was out of balance when this came about in March. Not only the alertness of a pandemic that, you know, I'm in an age group that I'd like to be very careful about that. So, so we were focusing on that and I lost my students. I didn't get to see them face to face and, and we didn't have a system in, nobody did. You know, nobody really had a system. So we were all in the same boat, but I think there was a lot of isolation. It took a while for us to do Zoom meetings. And I jumped on those right away when, you know, that face-to-face. And I think that all of us lost our student engagement. There was no carrot for uh, student engagement. So that hurt. It was painful to go through that. Then you came to the, you know, the reality that we may be faced with this again. and. Mm -hmm. So then you make that choice. 
am I going to rise to this occasion? And you called it, it's, it's having a fixed mindset of you know, a growth have, mindset. Yes, yep. that's absolutely right. And so I had a few dark days. Well, you saw me. Well, yeah. we, we all had dark days. I can tell you, I went through a huge depression. You know, I just, I felt like I completely lost my, myself and my kids. Yeah. My kids went through it and we all acted out in so many different ways that grief yeah. looks like. Not every day is the same. You feel a completely different emotion sometimes even minute to the minute. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Going through that grief cycle because that's what we were all experiencing, you know, such a deep sense of loss of connection. Yes. Routine. Yep. Camaraderie ship. You know, it, we just, we lost it all. Yeah. Yeah. So thank goodness for Zoom. Did you buy stock in Zoom? I didn't. I (laughs) No, I look back and there was this comedian, a woman comedian who she did an amazing <laughs> comedy sketch on like in post COVID versus pre COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, she goes, Oh God, I, I don't even do it justice, but you know, she's sitting there right now and she's having a conversation with herself and <laughs> she's like, so have you know, the, talking about the times, you know, back in January when there was uh, Australia was on fire. Yeah, oh, yeah. Talking about that, like, oh my gosh, that's such huge stuff right now. And, you know, she, her current self sitting across the table is like, yeah, not, that's a big deal, but eh, it's not <laughs> such a big deal. It is, but it isn't at the same yeah. time. You know, just this back and forth stuff that she's like, so, have you, have you done any investments? Well, yeah, actually, I, I just invested in, you know, this. And she's like, you might want to invest in Zoom. I've saw, I saw that. Yes, that was perfect, wasn't it? Yeah. So Zoom has made a difference, right, in student engagement. And it was just a little bit of a learning curve to transform my home kitchen to a demo center. And the students started to show up more and more and more for the, the, that's what they were there for. They wanted, you know, and so I said, what, what do you want to learn? You know, and I, whatever it was that they wanted to learn in those last weeks, I would apply that to the curriculum. Like, okay, they wanted to, they wanted to learn those Japanese sandwiches, the katsu sando. They wanted to learn that. And, and they wanted to learn crepe Suzette's. And I said, Hey, here's a silver lining. I couldn't do this at the school because it's a flambe, a flambe dish. And, but it was great for me to be able to talk about that table side service, which is something that we would have covered, but you can't do flambe because you can't have alcohol in a K through 12. So, and that's the only way you're going to flame something like that. So, but I could do it here at home and, uh, oh, they just absolutely loved it. And then I would rush the food to my neighbors so that I wasn't stuck with all the calories. <laughs> My neighbors really enjoyed Friday Zoom days. So. Oh, I'm sure they did. <laughs> I, well, I was just, I was honored to be, I, I, you invited me to your Katsudan, you know, YouTube Zoom meeting with your students. And I was honored to be a part of that. And to, you had some amazing students participate in that. That yeah. was a lot of fun. 
Yeah, they surprised me. Uh, we're a professional program, so we we do wear a complete uniform, and that's every day they dress in that uniform. And they, one of the second year students, got a hold of everybody before the Zoom one day and and said, "Show up in your uniform for Chef." It just I. I, I took a picture of them and I put that on our Instagram page, but it literally brought tears to my eyes. It was the sweetest thing ever to have them show up. And I mean, that's engagement right there. I'm going to put this uniform on and show up for a Zoom. Well, that's, that's yeah. And that it's an honor and student engagement, but that's also leadership right there. And that's something, that's something to take forward it going into the fall as saying we might not be in a professional kitchen, but this is a professional class. Yeah. And this is the standard of what you have to, you have to rise to the occasion because honestly, I feel this in my own core that if you set the expectation, they will always rise. I agree with you. That is true. I have thought about that. I think I still have a little anxiety over students not engaging because that's what happened in March, right? That's what happened in April. But you're right. We have to look at it differently. This is how we're going to move forward. And so I hadn't really thought about the uniform aspect of my class. It's such a huge and important part of our class, but am I going to translate it over to that, to the Zoom? Am I going to require that as our daily? I hadn't thought about it till you mentioned it. See, we always learn, we always pick up something different from any interaction with any other teacher. Like, oh, I really like that idea. I wonder how I can flip that. Yeah, exactly. You're right. Well, I know you have a four o'clock appointment. I do. So I will sign off, but this was just, this was wonderful. And thank you so much for joining me and sharing your best practices, your favorite units, your classroom management, and moving forward, going into this fall COVID-19 season. We're, we're all, we're all in this together. And, but I, I will be sure to post your YouTube channel. <laughs> Even if you don't have a whole lot on there, at least, you know, see what else there is. And also, you know, try to hashtag a a few of the chefs that you shared for Instagram, because I think, you know, we as teachers who teach either foods and nutrition or health and wellness, if we're continuously promoting and following one another, you know, that's bringing us, it's bringing us closer together also. It is. So thank you for having me on. But Barbara, it's I can't say enough how awesome it is that you walked through my program that night when we had the open house and how much I respect your (laughs) go-getterness. You get it done. And I love that zeal that you have. And I I hope that we can do more of the cross-district PLCs for best practices. Absolutely. And and maybe somebody out there will pick up on that idea by listening to this and do the same because you're right, we're in it together. Absolutely. And thank you. I I appreciate the kudos. Okay. (laughs) Good talking to you. You too, Luann. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me today at Connect FCS Ed. In this podcast, we boldly celebrate families and careers by providing inspiration, support, and resources for teachers, students, and families. 
If you could do me a quick favor, please leave me a five-star review on iTunes. My mission is to get this out in front of as many people as possible to help educate and inform the community that home economics is alive and well. Each week, I will choose one special person to win some Connect FCS Ed swag. So be sure to add your name to the review, and I will reach out to you if you're the winner. Thanks again for spending your time with me today, and be sure to visit me at fcspodcast.com for past episodes and more gifts to help spread the word that family and consumer science is today's home economics.